Somebody say, I'm ready. Now, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and lay it out. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings today. All right? Because I'm going to do some name calling. It's all right. It's all good. Jesus is the one who started it. So we're in the middle of I Am Jesus series. There are seven statements in John that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And last Sunday we talked about I'm the resurrection and the life. And so if you don't have the sermon notes, will you wave at me and say, I want sermon notes. And I've got ushers over there on this side. And there's a $100 bill in the back. And how about over here? And I'm just kidding. Anybody else? Wave real big at these ushers. But seven statements. He goes, I am. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. Today we're talking about I am the good shepherd. So in the book of John, in verse 11, John 10, 11, we're going to read this scripture. He says, I am the good shepherd. Everybody say, he's the good shepherd. And the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. We know Jesus gave his life for us. I said it last Sunday, you know, he's the resurrection It wasn't just an event. Jesus is the resurrection and life. He is a person. The resurrection is a person. He's still resurrecting lives today. Amen, amen. 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 And so he's the good shepherd. And so we look in, as you look all through John, if you want to read John, it's a great, great, great chapter to read. And there's some stuff in there that you need to get. We're going to break some of it down, but not all of it. And so we're going to look. Uh, so if he's the good shepherd, guess what? There's some bad stuff out there. He, the good shepherd is com- combating some bad things. It talks about people being hirelings, people that can lead you astray. Uh, he talks about, uh, and, and John 10, 1, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. And then you go to John 10, 10. Can anybody quote John 10, 10 without looking at it? The thief comes not. Y'all reading it off screen now. (laughs) Cheating. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. And I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Anybody want abundant life other than me? I want abundant life. And it's found in Jesus, not found in cash. Come on, cash won't help you. It'll make you happy for a moment. And then you're going to be dissatisfied. And then you got enough money to really get in trouble. Do something really, really stupid. And so, so Jesus is the only one that brings life. And look, so the thief, the thief is that we have an enemy. Everything comes down the road. I guess the Lord put it on me. I, no, we're going to find out you may have done something, but we have an enemy too that's prodding you along. Go ahead and try it. It won't hurt you. Your cousin did it. Your mama did it. Your dad, uncle did it. Everybody does it. No, no. Uh-uh. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give life. Well, we just had a, a great friend pass away. Jesus didn't kill him. Come on. That's the last enemy, the Bible says, will be put down is death. The last enemy, but everything else has been taken care of. How do we get that everything else? Glad you asked. We're going to the good shepherd. All right, all right. So in this chapter, Jesus is the good shepherd, and we are the sheep. Okay? 
All right. And so if we're the sheep, that means we're an animal. Okay. Sheep are mentioned 200 times in the Bible. More than any other animal. Dogs are mentioned 44 times, just, you know, giving you a little thing. And house cats, they're not mentioned. I don't mean to offend you if you have a cat. You should have been offended when Jesus said you're sheep. Because I'm going to give you number one, four challenges for sheep. Have you ever seen a sheep in a circus doing tricks? Have you ever seen, can you, you know, you ever seen a sheep, somebody talk to play dead? Or oh, there's, there's a trick to do that, but it's a one and done kind of thing, you know? <laughs> I, I, I got that from somebody else, so, you know, hey, you, you'll figure that later. But sheep, they're, they're challenged, people. And Jesus is saying, we're challenged. I, I'm not going to, you know, well, I'm not going to say how, well, we're going to look at them, but I really got some other things to say, but, but there are four challenges. Look at, the, look at your sheet there. A, sheep get lost easily. Huh? Got to put them in a fence. They get lost. Isaiah 53 says, all we are like sheep and we have gone astray. We're, 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 we get lost easy. We stumble and bumble off and we get out of church. You've seen people come to church and they're on fire and then all of a sudden they're, they're lost. Not that they're not saved. They've, they've gotten lost or backslid. And uh, how about confused? And, and, and sheep can get confused and, and not know where they're going or what's going on. And we all need a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. Amen. That's why fences were invented so the shepherd didn't have to stay out in the field. But you notice they put things out there to protect them too. But you know what? Back in this day, they had shepherds and the shepherds protected the sheep. They stayed with the sheep. So look at B. Sheep are defenseless. They don't have fangs. They don't have claws. All they got is get back. Back off. That don't work. It don't work. Sheep are weak. But the shepherd makes them strong. Come on, we have a good shepherd. His name is Jesus. And we're going to break it down, you know, when we talk about him. But that's all the sheep have. And then see, sheep are very stubborn. They get stuck easily between rocks. They have no reverse. You know, has anybody ever, me ever seen a sheepdog work? And a sheep, the, the sheep can be pretty stubborn. I, had a, I knew a guy that had a dog, and he was training it and they, to, to, to herd the sheep. And it was not only about a 10-, 11-month-old puppy, and it was way smaller than this, this ram. And this sheep was, the dog was working him, and, and the ram wouldn't back up. And finally, they had to go catch the dog because the dog would have killed it. And, and the thing about how hard-headed sheep are and how difficult they can be, and... Uh, uh, as we put the next one, go ahead and put my picture up there if you can find that picture. Look, look. It's been years since he's been shorn, as they say. Look at all the wool on that thing. He needs a shepherd. Look how dirty. Look how dirty. And that's D. Sheep are filthy. And left to our own, we get filthy. 
we got to be washed in the blood. We've got to be repented. We've got to get clean with God. We've got to stay clean with God. We've got to keep our relationship. The Bible says that sin blocks our relationship with God. And we, you know what? You find out you've missed it, then repent. That means change your mind, and you need to run back to the shepherd and get shorn. Shear shear this off me. Take this off me, Lord. Y'all sure are quiet today. Get back. Come on. Come on back in. So, bottom line is, sheep need a shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. My, my, my. He is the good shepherd. We need Jesus. So we're going to dig into number two, the duties of the good shepherd. What does a good shepherd do? We know he takes after the sheep. He will give his life for the sheep. And you know, a lot of cultures and different ones look down on shepherds. Look down on people who raise cattle. The Egyptians did. Did you know that the Egyptians... Uh, didn't like the, the Bedouins or the people who lived out in the desert and took care of sheep and cattle and stuff like that. They looked down on them. Mm. No. But here, we need to open up our heart today, and we're going to read uh, the duties of the good shepherd. And you know, what, if, what comes to my mind, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, which is one of my favorite f- phrases. I shall not want. Because the good shepherd takes care of my wants. Come on. And if he's not taking care of that want, then maybe it's not good for me. Huh? And so, so let's look at what he, uh, he wants. But in Psalms 23, 3, it says, He guides me along the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He guides me along the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not for your name's sake. Well, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. How about I want to follow Jesus, and he's going to take care of all those other I wants. How about I chase him? You know, I was thinking about this, and uh, it was, you know, a lot of people want to blame God on this and God on that. But, you know, I was chasing money back when I was younger, and 1981 to be exact. Some of y'all wasn't born then, the rest of us were. But I went to a job. I took a job, didn't ask God about it, nothing, because it had money, cha-ching, ching, ching. And I was on that job about three and a half days, and it broke my leg like nobody's business. I got my leg snapped, and, and it, was a, it was a wake-up call that I wasn't following God, and it was a wake-up call for the other boys that was, that was Christians on that job too. And we was working oil field, wasn't nothing, you know, wasn't doing something illegal. But it was a wake-up call for me that I need to follow God. Have I always followed him? No, I'm hard-headed too. I'd be a sheep even though I'm a pastor. And we have to make right choices and right decisions, and we can't blame God. Well, God did that to me. No, he didn't. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. Hmm? So let's look. We want to be, we want to follow. He guides He guides. Everybody say, he guides me. So in John 10, in verses 3 and 4, it says, uh, to him the doorkeeper opens, talking about the, uh, the good shepherd, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls them by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings them out, 
his, uh, when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Man. So you ever, you ever seen this picture? You ever heard anybody talk about it? They open up the gate, and the shepherd backs up and go, come on. You know, my grandfather had a cattle call. Anybody know what I'm talking about, cattle call? Well, you know, more familiar would be a, a, the pig call. Sue-wee, you know, suk, suk, you know. But whatever it is, you call your dogs, you call your animals, you talk to them. You know, if you ever watched uh, Dances with Wolves, an old boy has that team of mules. Get him up, Jeb, and he's talking to that animal. Come on now, get on up, get on up, get on. And he's working those reins. Well, you know what? A shepherd calls his sheep, and he calls his sheep, and his sheep, he knows them by name. Come on, Susie, come on, Bill, come on, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, whatever. He knows their name, and they know his voice. They know his voice. Do you know the voice of the Lord? Well, I don't know if I really do, Pastor. You can know Jesus' voice. He just said you can know his voice. And the voice of a stranger you can recognize. We have to be discerning. We have to learn the voice of the good shepherd between every other voice in the world. Guess what? There's two people on the front row here. I trust them, but I'd rather have Jesus' opinion than theirs. And they'd rather have Jesus' opinion than mine. I can give them my opinion, and I hopefully I want to give them the opinion from the Word of God. But we've got to find out what God's thoughts are. What is Jesus saying about it? Remember the old commercial, and I'm doing back. E.F. Hutton speaks. Everybody stops and listens. When Jesus speaks, we need to be listening. So we've got to hear. He wants to, he wants to guide, and we know his voice. I always say, if, if my mama stepped in, she's, you know, I, I could know her. That's my mama talking. Or if I'm in a crowd and I hear my wife's voice, what? Where you at? I hear you. We need to be that way with Jesus. Jesus, you got anything to say to me? I'm listening. I've got anything to say. I'm listening. I want to listen. You know, somebody, uh, two stories real quick. This pastor of a huge church, he was in the lobby at the end of the service. All right, it was actually before it started, and a girl came up to him, and he, he said, man, I'm hard with names. I know faces. I, I recognize her. And, and uh, all of a sudden, he said, on the inside of him, he said, that's Susie. And he goes, hey, Susie, how you doing? And he kind of sweating it, you know. And she stopped and looked at him and just stared so strangely and said, the truth is I came here to see if you knew my name because I didn't figure anybody knew my name in this church or God didn't even know me. And I was going to kill myself if you didn't know my name. Wow. One guy, a guy drove up, and I've told this story before, at, at a pharmacy, and he's going in. He says, Lord, is there anybody in here you want me to bless? Anybody you want me to say anything to in this place while I'm in here? He said, yeah, go tell Lisa I love her. He said, well, who is Lisa? He said, just go tell Lisa I love her. And he goes in, the, and he's walking around kind of looking, cheating, looking for name tags. Nobody had the name tags, and he walks to the back, and he said, hey, I'm here to pick up some stuff. He goes, uh, your name wouldn't be Lisa, would it? She goes, yes. How'd you know that? He goes, well, I really didn't. He said, well, I was sitting out in the car praying, Lord, is anybody you can bless? And he said, come in here and tell Lisa that I love her. And she began to weep. She said, just last night, I said, God, you don't know me, and I don't know you. You probably don't even know my name. 
God knows our name. He knows us. He knows everything about us, and he still loves us. He still cares about us. Look at B. He provides. Let me back up just a second. You might want to write this one down. Are you ready? His job is to guide. Our job is to follow. His job is to guide. Our job is to follow. We do two. You know what? He allows us to do, uh, you know, what we're supposed to do. The shepherd allows the sheep to eat. He takes the sheep to drink. They have to drink. They have to eat. How many of you know they can eat weeds? It's a whole nother sermon. Quit eating weeds. Watch what you see. Watch what you drink. Watch what you eat. And I'm talking spiritually. So he calls him by name. Oh, here we go. He provides. B, he provides. In Psalms 23, 1 through 3, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. You know, sheep won't lie down if they're hungry. They won't rest if they're hungry, if they're under tension, or if they're afraid. Does that sound familiar? When you're stressed out, you won't rest either. You get up and walk to four and and, 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 and stressed out, and sheep won't eat. You need to eat. But you need to feed on what God said to feed on. We need to be feeding on the Word of God. He leads beside still water. Sheep won't drink with the rushing water. He restores my soul. Let me just stop right here. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I know a little bit about animals. How many of you know sheep chew a cud? This is from the Holy Spirit. Anybody know what cows chew a cud? You know, if you read the Old Testament, they weren't allowed to eat anything that didn't chew a cud. Okay? What that means, once the sheep's ate enough grass, it's going to sit down and rest, and it's going to regurgitate. I know it's gross, but it's going to chew that grass, and he's going to enjoy it. And here's the secret. You need to go home. You need to sit down and relax. And you need to go back over this sermon and chew the cud. Trouble is, we go, oh, that was good, Pastor. And then you go eat your bologna sandwich for lunch and you put the TV on and you don't think nothing about God in the rest of the day, rest of the week. I told you I was going to do some name calling. I'm sorry. But that's what, it's on me too. You got to chew the cud. You got to meditate. God told Joshua to meditate this word day and night. To, 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 to speak it to yourself, to go over it and over it and over it and over it and remind yourself, get back, sheep. Get back in the fold. Get back in the Word. Get back in the Spirit. Get back. Get back. Come on back. This is, that's what the Holy Spirit said. Nobody's chewing the cud. They don't meditate on God. They don't meditate on me. They hear a good sermon, get me my star. I've been to church. But it's a daily walk. This is just nothing but a pep rally. Come on, you're doing good. Come on, stay in the Word. Come on, keep following God. Come on, keep loving people. Come on. And that's what God's want. That's what church is about. It's a hospital. If you're sick, we'll pray for you. If you need encouragement, notice all the encouragement. Come on out of the tomb. Come on out of the grave. And that's what this is. Come on, follow Jesus. Because you can be saved and not follow Jesus. And He wants all your heart. And we need to be chewing the cud. We need to be, we need to be listening to what he said and meditating on this. This, 
This week, your confession ought to be, I'm following the good shepherd. I'm going to follow the good shepherd. He's going to speak to me this week. He's going to guide me. Has anybody other than me ever asked God, how many times have you spoken to me? Show me all my life. He took me back. He started reminding me when I was a kid, reminding me when I was a knuckleheaded teenager, reminding me that he kept me. And he said, nope, don't do that. And you knew not to do it. Sometimes I did it anyway because I'd be a sheep. I'm stubborn. I knew better than getting that car. I knew better than drink that beer. But I was hard-headed. And I know nobody else is that way. I'm giving you my example. He calls us out to be like him, to walk with him. And so, so he provides. He leads me uh, in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He wants you right with him. Righteousness is being right with God. The righteous get their prayers answered. Well, I don't feel like I'm right with God, Pastor. Then repent. And he washes you and makes you right. Remember the picture of the sheep? All he has to do is go to the shepherd and lose all that weight of sin. Lose all that, you know, 90 pounds of wool on that poor little old frame of a body. How many of us are carrying stuff we're not supposed to carry? So let's go to, let's go to see. He corrects. Man, this jumps out at me, and, and every time when I, and, and I know because it's y'all too, when you crack, you think you're getting a whipping. You know, bend over. I, I ain't the only one. You know, I got licks in school. I got licks from my mama. You know, uh, my, you know, if you hadn't been chased with a switch, you know why somebody had your arm, that's what's wrong with you maybe, huh? But it's not a whipping unless you're hard-headed. Let's look at our scripture. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says he'll whip you with a switch. He'll beat you with a stick. He'll lay sickness on you. He'll give you a car wreck. He'll do anything. No, he won't. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture. If you're not in the scriptures, where you're in trouble. Because then you won't be led. You won't know what to do. You won't know how to be guided. You thought, oh, uh, uh, I just, every, every man I date, he, you know, you, I hear girls, I, I, they're just, the worst guys are attracted to me. Well, maybe you're fishing in the wrong pond. Maybe using wrong bait. Get in the word and find out what the word says, who you're looking for. You're looking for a man of God. You're looking for a woman of God. You're looking for a job that God leads you to. Even when you can't see it, you just know this is where God wants me. Smile at somebody. Say, yes, it's all right. But he corrects. Now, and you know, we sang that last song and it fits so well. You know, make me a vessel. And then the crushing and the crushing is because we're hard-headed. You don't have to crush you, but you're so stubborn, I'm not going. But we, 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 we get in a, our own bent. That's how we were raised. Well, you know, with the McClary's is how we are. We just slap one another and we get mad. Well, that ain't scriptural. Or we yell at one another and we get mad. That's not scriptural. Hmm? Or, or how you act, how, how you live. God's called you to a higher level. God's called you to live like Jesus. 
and the way he's called you to live. In Hebrews 12, 11, it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Listen, listen. I'd rather take the whipping than having to sit there and listen to somebody lecture me on how dumb I was. It's hard. Or to read the word and figure out how stupid I was, or I just did something stupid, and now they won't tell me about it, and I already know it. Just go ahead and beat me and let me walk out the room. But I had a principal man. He was, he was worse than a, you know, a, a big city lawyer. It was like sitting in the huge sweat, and I've seen people crying and everything else. Just give us our whipping and let us go. But, but correction comes. Discipline seems pleasant. No, it's not, no discipline is pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. If we get trained in God's ways, guess what? We're going to miss a whole lot of trouble. If we're going to follow God and be led by him, we're going to miss a whole lot of trouble. If he's our heart, if he's our guide, and we're truly seeking him and every decision we make, and I'm guilty as everybody else, we can miss it. But bless God, it's, we're still in the family. Okay? If you're saved, come on, you're saved unless you just totally reject him. That'd be blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That don't happen that easy. People want to say, well, if you have a wrong thought and you die, you went to hell. Baloney. Come on, who can? The person preaching that can't keep that. That's bondage. Jesus came to set us free. He's the good shepherd, and he's guiding and leading us. And if you get off on the side a little bit, he'll like, come on in. Come on in. He'll go around and he'll, with his rod and his staff. That's his word in the spirit. He protects, he guides, he leads. And that, that's where we're into. I got one more scripture on, on he corrects. And, and Job 5, 17, blessed is, is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise discipline of the Almighty. Expect this. If, so, so, so. Discipline comes when you get in the Word. You go, wait a minute. The Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God. It's a living Word. It's not just a book you read. Come on, it's not a, a fairy tale. It is a living Word of God, and it corrects you like, oh, I need to do that. Oh, I need to. That's the way I'm supposed to live. That's how I'm supposed to act. And, and God corrects you that way. He doesn't beat you over the head. Get out of the Old Testament. Man, Jesus could have plowed some fields with people. He said, no, I'm here to save the world, not to condemn it. He's here to save. He's not here to beat you up. So expect God to guide you and lead you and to discipline, correct you as you study and listen to the Spirit. So if you get off to the side as a sheep again, he's not going to beat you. He's going to say he's going to prod you in. He's going to prod you in. The Holy Spirit correcting and prodding and saying, move over. Come on, come on, God. But, but here's the other thing. If you're not studying the Word, if you're not listening to the Spirit, you're doing everything on your own. That's why you're struggling. That's why you're frustrated. It's not God's fault. You need to get in the Spirit. You need to worship God. You need to get up and put some worship music on and worship Him. Set your day out. Come on, set your day out. If you eat breakfast, you get up and have a cup of coffee, then you need to get in the Word while you're drinking that coffee. Come on, just give Him five minutes. 
Give him 10 minutes. Start somewhere feeding yourself. D, the last one, he protects. You can have expectation that the blood of Jesus will protect you. He is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Anybody read the story about David being a shepherd boy? Little old baby of the family, you know, you're not big enough to do anything. You go out and keep the sheep, you punk. That's what his brothers called him. Y'all know it wasn't in the, that ain't in the scripture, but I know how brothers operate. Our brother too. And you know, you go do the little stuff and you go do this and that and the other. I mowed grass when I was 13 and I got a riding lawnmower and my brother was probably nine, him and his buddy, I paid them $2. They mowed the whole place for me and all I did was we'd eat and, and for $2, you know, they just wanted to ride the riding mower. That's what big brothers do to little brothers. And they sent him out to keep the sheep. And so David's out there, but he killed a lion and a bear. And his brother said, you a lie. You can't kill a lion and a bear. And I would probably said the same thing because you know how big a bear is and how powerful a lion is. But he killed it with the staff. Not the staff, but the rod. This young man had the, 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 the staff has a hook. So if the sheep, dumb sheep, falls off the side, he can hook it, pick it up, and put it back in the pasture. Jesus is trying to guide you and trying to help you. And he's trying to protect you. Boy, when I was growing up, church was about you can't do this and you can't do that. And you can't do this and you can't do that. And the people that were teaching me that, they couldn't do that. And they, 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 they struggled trying to keep themselves. But when you learn to be filled up with God and learn to stay in his word and be led by the spirit, he'll prod you and say, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't take that step. Well, I really, I don't take that step. I came to a place in my life, am I pursuing business or am I pursuing ministry? And I asked the Lord that. We had guest ministers that came in and the, I'm helping them pick up their stuff. They were missionaries and, and the lady stopped and she was really the, the minister. She looked at me and said, you questioning God whether you should go into the ministry. She goes, don't ever doubt your call. Years went by. I'm in ministry, but I started looking at a, at a business that my brother-in-law and I were going to buy. We were going to buy a business, and I was praying about it, and I got no, but I kept going back and looking at it, and it, because it looked good. I mean, boy, we could do this, and we could put this person in charge of it. They can run this business, and it'd be a great business, and, and, and I was actually working for Motorola and doing ministry at the same time, and I would go back and look at that business, and I need to do that business, and I had that check in my, no, let it go, and then when I looked and looked at it, now, God didn't kill me, beat me up, but it was such a big no that I, I, I started having a panic attack. Like, no, he said. No. We can chase things that God doesn't want us to have. And there's nothing wrong with owning business. We were successful in business. But the point is, you need to be led by God in what decisions you're making. In every decision. And let God lead you. He's not going to kill you if you make the wrong decision, but he will, put, he will put hard times on you because you made that decision. I'm just trying to help you a little bit. I hope, hope you're hearing what it says. In Psalms 23, 4 through 6, listen to what it says. Read it along with me. Look, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm going to stop right there. As I read that this week, and every time I looked at it, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Stop. Jesus is leading. He's going to lead me to the valley of the shadow of death? Yeah, because you have the victory. And then it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the next verse says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy, death, whatever. He will anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You know, a sheep, they anoint their heads with oil, keep the flies off of them. Parasites and stuff. Death is the last enemy. I'm going to say something about that in just a minute. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On Sunday night in our class, we did a kind of a quick study on an evangelist in the 40s. And I think his wife died, and his little baby girl died with his wife of tuberculosis in the 30s. And they buried his wife and the baby girl together. He's heartbroken. You know how horrible. You lose your wife and your daughter, and they bury them together. And he was heartbroken, and he was walking with God. And, 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 and one day he had a dream, and he went to heaven. And he knows he's in heaven, and he walks. All of a sudden, here comes this, this beautiful young lady comes running up to him and said, Hey, Daddy, how you doing? He goes, Daddy, he goes, I'm your baby girl. You see, God brings healing to broken hearts. There's nothing lost in God, not even his little baby girl. And notice that even when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, that he's with you and that he comforts you because that comforted that man. God wants to comfort you. He wants to guide you. But here's what I want to ask you. In the last verse, it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Will you dwell in the house of the Lord forever? Have you given your heart to Jesus for those that are here that, do, that they don't know him? Will you give your heart to Jesus? You see, all of this about being a good shepherd is for us now. It's in this life that God wants you to to be blessed, to have peace, to have joy, to have strength, to live this life. This is the hardest you're going to have it. But it starts with you accepting Jesus Christ as the good shepherd, as your Lord and Savior. If that's you today, just bow your heads with me, and let's just pray for people that are in here. Maybe there's people that don't know Jesus. If you want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you just lift your hand? If that's you, just lift your hand real quick. I see that hand. For the first time, when you want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you lift your hand? Maybe you need to come back to the Lord. Maybe you need to make him your shepherd of your life. Maybe you got saved a long time ago. You've just been doing it your own way. The Lord's calling us to a deeper walk today. All through the, every song, every word. If that's you, just put your hand up. You're making a commitment to God and put it back down. Just raise it up. Say, I'm making him my shepherd. 
Just put it up and put it down. Amen. Then let's pray. Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as Lord and Savior. Help me to make you the good shepherd for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.